0: He flyboards, he skateboards, he surfs, he rides motorcycles, and he represents Jesus Christ at the altar of celebration of the Mass of the Eucharist.
1: Aloha! From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak.
0: Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Today, we're going to have a good friend of mine, Father Mark Goring, uh, join us. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Deep Adventure quest that we have coming up. It's a men's retreat for men that are uh, 18 or older, or if they're accompanied by their father, they can be of confirmation age and older. This next uh, Deep Adventure Quest retreat, I hate to call it a retreat, <laughs> is going to be held uh, by Father Mark Goring at the Catholic Charismatic Center in Houston. But we're going down to Galveston, and I understand we're going to be surfing behind those huge tanker ships. We're going to go out there on a boat and catch the waves that come off those ships. Uh, and I don't know what all else uh, Father Mark is going to have for us in the way of adventure, but you know, our Deep Adventure Quest retreats are a great chance for men to get together. And kind of step out of their comfort zone, and into the danger zone of uh, of God's will for their life. I mean, God's dangerous. I mean, look at his, look at the life of Paul. Oh my gosh, Paul was Paul was gnarly. I mean, he I mean the, he he was in great shape. He walked roads. He was he he sailed. I mean, he was shipwrecked how many times? He was he was stoned. Uh, people threw rocks at him how many times? or well, I guess only one time. But they left him for dead. He was scourged. Uh, how many times? I mean, he was rugged. You you know, you go along that area where he was where he was ministering, and he was going up huge mountains and down huge mountains, and just a real rugged guy. And um, and he so so to follow God's will is to step out of our comfort zone and into the danger zone. And I know right now, every one of us should be thinking, what can I do to advance the kingdom of God this day and this week. If you have a routine of going to work, coming home, sitting down, watching the news, um, I don't think Paul would be very happy with you. I mean, Paul uh, turned the world upside down, as the Bible says, when he and his uh, fellow uh, apostles showed up. They had the reputation of, "Oh no, here they're coming into town," and I think that every every Christian, when we get our when we get out of bed in the morning, put our feet on the ground, the devil should be saying, "Oh no, they're up." There should be that responsive, oh no, they're on the attack again. You know, when you look at the weapons, uh, the the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, we're being shod with the gospel, the helmet of salvation, the sword of, of truth, you know, there's no there's no armor of God that's on the back of us. So if you're running from the enemy, you're in trouble. You know, we should be on the attack. The Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. You know what? Gates don't attack people. People attack gates. We're to be on the offensive. And we do that uh, through intercessory prayer, Uh, primarily for me. uh, The rosary is my great weapon uh, when I'm praying to to, to, uh, defeat the enemy in some situation or to ask God to intervene in some situation. Um, but you should be looking how this day you can advance the kingdom of God, and this week what God's calling you to do. Do not feel unworthy. That's the lie of the enemy. Don't feel uncalled. That's the lie of the enemy. God is tapping you on the shoulder right now, and whispering in, into your ear. If you would just turn off the news and turn off the noise around you and listen to him, he has a mission for you. And I want you to. know, I want to um, invite you. This is a men's retreat we're very open to doing uh, adventure type retreats for uh, women as well. And you know our ministry has expanded ever since Jeanette Benkovic had me on her Women of Grace show, the vision for our our ministry has expanded to reach out to both men and women. And I think there are some women that really want to have would like like to have me come speak to their groups because especially a lot of the younger women, they've lost their sense of what uh, a man is supposed to be, you know what? what the image of a man should be. And I'm not saying I represent that, but I could come and talk with them about um, about that subject. You know, um, I, I love to talk about the seven virtues, fortitude, justice, self-mastery, prudence, faith, hope, and love, and, and give uh, examples of that and, and give uh, give us traction in our everyday lives. To be a Christian is to be called to be a saint. And to be a saint quite simply means to walk in heroic virtue. Today, walk in heroic virtue. This day, choose self-donation. This day, choose to will the perfect good for the other. This day, move in ministry, and our primary ministry is to the Lord. I mean, my father is a deacon in the Catholic Church. He's in his 80s now, and he's asking me, I don't know, how can I serve the Lord now? What, in what way can I serve the Lord now? I'm not giving homilies or anything anymore, but I know every Sunday morning the children gather around him while he sits in his uh, special chair, and he gives them holy cards, and he blesses them and tells them how beautiful they are. But I said, Dad, you know, your, the most important ministry that we can have is the Mary ministry, you know, the Martha and Mary story. It's sitting at Christ's feet. Our ministry is to him. To Jesus, to the Father, and to the Holy Spirit. That's our primary ministry. So I want to ask you guys, please invite me to come out and speak to your groups. I I, I love to do that. People ask me, well, do you see that the church is kind of failing? And, you know, I don't live in that world. I'm so fortunate. I get to go out and see the vibrant body of Christ. I'm invited to go speak places, and it's like, believe me, the church is, is alive and well. Um, so many people just so sold out to Jesus. So please invite us to do that. And you can come to our website. We're setting up a store now. We have uh, several CDs. Our new reality show, uh, Deep Adventure uh, is ready. It's a four episode series that we shot at one of our at one of our uh, deep adventure quests. And so there's just so many things, uh, uh, books and things like that at our website. We invite you to come and subscribe to our social media. Uh, And you can go there, and you can even look at our archived radio shows and click on them and very easily share them with your friends. Uh, We'll be right back with Father Mark Goring. Uh, Just a tremendous blessing in my life. He's the spiritual director for our ministry. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio.
1: International Deep Adventure Radio. For a complete list of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network AM and FM stations across America, go to EWTN.com, look for the radio pull-down menu, and select AM-FM stations. The list is updated regularly, so visit often. Again, go to EWTN.com, look for the radio pull-down menu, and select AM-FM stations. Also at EWTN.com, you'll find out how to listen to us on the web, on shortwave, and in some countries on satellite. You'll find it all on EWTN.com. Wax up your boards. Let's paddle in for another wave of Deep Adventure Radio.
0: Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak, and today I have a a good friend of mine uh, on the show with us. I know a lot of people don't think I have any friends, but I do. Uh. Uh, This is Father Mark Goring from the Charismatic Center in Houston. He actually does some really uh, thrilling and exciting things. Uh, One of the most thrilling things he's ever done is uh, build a raft in northern Canada and just float around for eight days. I mean, that sounds extreme. Well, actually, it is, considering there's a lot of mosquitoes in the area. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Father Mark, also, you love to ride motorcycles, and you're a skater, a surfer. Uh, so welcome to our show, Father Mark.
2: Thank you very much, Bear. It's a joy to be on your show again.
0: And t- tell us, how first, before we get rolling, uh, you're pastor of the Houston Catholic Charismatic Center. What does that mean?
2: Yeah, well, the Char- Charismatic Center here in Houston, it's um, a center for uh, of evangelization, Catholic evangelization, uh, and in particular, uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we promote the, uh, uh, the grace of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, our mission is to bring people into a personal encounter with Jesus and an experience of the, the power of the Holy Spirit, a personal Pentecost in their lives. And so we have mass, and we have retreats, and conferences, and and uh, teaching nights, and all kinds of wonderful things. It's, it's a it's a great uh, it's a great place here in Houston.
0: I, I know. I just and you know what I love is, is I'm kind of a part of that because almost every morning, I watch your um, your uh, two or three minute video. What how can people uh, give us the title of that and how people can uh, just connect with that.
2: Yeah, I have a little YouTube channel uh, and it's it's simply called Father Mark Goring FR uh Mark Goring and um so if they search me on YouTube I I'm easy to find um if they want to get the YouTube um every day um by email. Actually, to be honest with you, I got to get organized. <laughs> I yeah. think, I think at this point, the only way to do that is to, uh, to be forwarded the, the email, but, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get organized with that. But yeah, I just go to YouTube, put in Father Mark Goring and I put up, uh, new videos, uh, just about every day.
0: Yeah. And they're always so great. I remember, uh, uh, several months ago, you were on a motorcycle ride. I think you went all the way up. Did you go to Colorado or where did you go?
2: Uh, well, the, the last motorbike one I did was Matagorda beach. But
0: you but I mean you you were riding and uh, and filming as you were going and doing your
2: I did your do segments. a trip up to Colorado and New Mexico, but that was in my car it was it oh. was in the in the late fall so it was a little too cold for my motorcycle
0: Oh uh, okay, I didn't realize that so now we want to ask you this question because I mean I've surfed with you in Coco Beach when we had our deep adventure quest retreat and uh, I know you ride uh, you ride uh motorcycles not the Harleys you ride uh.
2: Yeah, yeah i got an enduro the on off-road it's a it's a honda crf 250 the, the street legal one and but
0: but the thing we really want to know about is your skating i'd like to hear about uh your best your best moves on this on the skateboard and your worst wipeout
2: uh, <laughs> well let's start with my worst wipe well first of all i skateboard every day when i moved to houston uh, i saw that there was a close to $3 million park just five minutes from my church and I grew up snowboarding and BMX freestyle did a little bit of skateboarding so a world class skate park right next to my church was was a dream bought a skateboard and 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 very quickly found myself skateboarding every day um, as a priest I've, I've always tried to embrace the discipline of daily exercise the benefits of daily exercise are innumerable you, you know that bear um, and so I was basically skateboard every day. Um worst crash is once I was just uh skating the half pipe. It's it's cement uh, the skate park. And one minute I was skateboarding, the next minute I was on the ground kind of moaning in pain, and I hit my, I hit my face, I hit a face plant, and I guess I got a mild concussion because I began to lose my memory, couldn't remember what day of the week it was, couldn't remember what I did that morning and what I had to do that afternoon. So my memory quickly came back, but um, also bruised my ribs and, you know, hurt my hands and all that kind of thing. So that was, that's the worst I think I've had in the last three years but it's all part of part of the sport you know you don't hope for something like that to happen but if you're not, if you're scared of getting hurt don't skateboard basically
0: but your skateboard um, your skateboard was okay though wasn't it
2: oh the skateboard was fine yeah yeah, yeah.
0: A, well listen i'll tell you what i remember okay so surfers invented skateboarding right and yeah, I don't know if people yeah. know that in california we had these little red little skateboards with metal wheels Oh, really? And I remember the smallest little pebble would just send you flying, you know? Yeah. And then uh, my great, and I never was a great skater, but, I mean, everybody skateboarded. We called it sidewalk surfing. I don't know what they, if they ever call that anymore. But I think about, like, in 1998, uh, just before the world title in Australia, I was tandem uh, skateboarding. You know those longboard skateboards? You were tandem skateboarding? Oh, yeah, yeah we, do, you know, we can do lifts on the skateboards, too. Wow! And so, and, I've never even heard of that. Wow! <laughs> well, I tell you what. Uh, so I was skateboarding with someone. Uh, uh, her name was Andy. She was a great a great uh, tandem uh, surfer. She was my partner in tandem surfing, and I had her up in a one arm back where she's like lifted over your head with one arm, and something happened. And next thing you know, we were falling. So I, you know, the thing is, is the tandem guys will get hurt. They'll save their partner so they the partner doesn't get hurt, but. All I remember is saving her and my my left knee going in a direction it shouldn't go in, and oh. I had and I had meniscus surgery and, uh, but luckily uh, six weeks later I was, we were able to surf in the world title in uh, Nusa, Australia, but I, I think every skateboarder is eventually destined to, to lose a meniscus or something. I mean that's a that is a I mean surfing if you fall you fall on water right you don't get yeah. Get trash.
2: But
0: yeah. Uh, t- tell, tell, maybe you could share a little bit because we're going to talk story more about this, but uh, about your surfing. Uh, I know when we were, you were in Coca Beach, we did some surfing. Uh, how did you get started in surfing?
2: Yeah. Well, I'm Canadian and I, I live in the interior, lived, grew up in the interior of Canada. So the province of Ontario, there was no surfing anywhere close. Um, But I snowboarded a ton, you know. And so snowboarders naturally are drawn to surfing because it's similar. Um, And so I think the first time I surfed, I was on holidays in Florida. I saw the beautiful blue ocean with the beautiful waves and I just was drawn to the waves. I rented a surfboard and I thought this is going to be such a glorious experience of just, you know, playing in the waves you know (laughs) well as soon as i got out there i wasn't playing in the waves i was being beaten up brutally by the waves i mean i took a beating bear (laughs) and my respect for the ocean went through the roof like i honestly thought that the ocean was harmless you know <laughs> like i looked at the beautiful blue water rolling waves the beautiful white foam and from my perspective and and i hadn't spent hardly any time in the ocean it looked harmless it looked so inviting it looked like you know jumping into a you know a, a bunch of pillows or something and like i said i took a Beating. It was it was brutal. I was scraped up. Um, as a matter of fact, I probably almost died. You know, like what I what I did, the size of the waves I went out to, how far out I went, what I tried to do. It was probably very imprudent. I didn't know anything about riptides. I didn't know anything about anything. Uh, so that was my first. But I caught a wave. I caught my first wave that time, and I was one of those people. The first wave I've never forgotten. It was like a transcendent experience. I don't speak, say that kind of disrespectfully towards the Lord because you know, God made the ocean. He made the wonders of his creation. And just like, you know, someone who sees the Rocky Mountains for the first time, you hear of people, they see the Rocky Mountains and they instantly believe in God. Well, I believe it's the same thing. Like I caught that wave and it was was an experience of the glory and the majesty and the power and the wonder of God. And I knew that any chance I would get for the rest of my life to surf I would surf, and and I hoped and prayed. to said, "Lord, if there can be surfing in my future, let it happen." So that's where it began. Took some more holidays, did some more surfing. Moved to Texas, surfed Galveston as much as I could. Um, took holidays in Costa Rica. Um, and like I said, any opportunity I, I, you know, I've had to surf, I've tried not to miss those opportunities. I love surfing and, and again, for me, it's, it's, it's an encounter with our, our creator God, his wonder, his power, his beauty. Uh, so that's my surfing experience. Well,
0: you know, there was nothing more beautiful than when, you, you know, you showed up to Cocoa Beach, Florida for our deep adventure retreat. And, uh, you know, we, we get up real early. Uh, uh, at dark thirty, and get our tent set up, uh-huh. our, our big, uh, and you know, and you and you celebrated mass uh, for us. And I remember morning after morning, we had it kind of timed. So at the moment you were raising the Eucharist, the sun was coming up out of, or maybe the Lord had it timed. I don't even know how that happened, but every picture yeah, yeah. we have of you yeah. raising the Eucharist, the sun is rising in the background, and there's perfect waves there. And there is something true about about the ocean, the abyss. It kind of remind in scripture. It always talks about. Refers to the ocean. It's kind of the abyss, similar to the abyss of God's love, the the depth of God's love. And when you are caught up by a wave, you realize you've just given up control. You know, you don't get to choose. I mean, you can ride on the face of the wave uh, to some degree, but when certain waves catch you, uh, you're going where it wants you to go. And it is a sense of of letting go and letting God, you know, in our lives. Yeah, yeah. And, And also, you learn that you really can't surf without a wave, and so. I think surfers are, 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 are Christian surfers are really aware of uh, wanting to tune in to where the Lord is leading and uh, doing His will uh, because we really can't um, move uh, in power unless we're moving in His will. So we have kind of this sense of always scanning the horizon and seeing where God is leading us. You know what, you know what I'm trying to say?
2: Yeah 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 I mean there's just so many uh, parallels or, or ways that surfing in the ocean and waves. Point to the mystery of God. It's, it's very easy to pray when you're surfing. <laughs>
0: well, you know, my son, in my, in my book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, uh, when crazy Todd Robertson uh, took my son out on a jet ski in what they called a the 100-year swell, and he was out there um, basically the only, ta- only toe-in surf team out there. The waves were pushing 80 feet. S- some said they saw a 100-foot wave are uh, so big that there's no way that you're going to be able to paddle into them. You have to have a jet ski pull you in, and then you let go of the rope. And there was just that moment. Um, the first wave, Jeremiah caught, was about a 40-foot wave, which most surfers, there's probably less than a couple thousand alive or probably less than a thousand, maybe less than a couple hundred alive that have surfed waves that big. And uh, that was just the beginning. And then Crazy Todd asked him, you, you, you like go deep? And Jeremiah had to do his gut check for, because his whole life since he was a kid, he's been training to surf big waves, and he had to kind of make a decision: Is this a good day to die? You know, Well. he had such a desire to live, and yeah. he did everything he could to be prudent, but ultimately, there's that there's that moment of complete abandonment to a wave like that, and and you feel like you're in the hands of God.
2: Yeah, Bear, one of the most inspiring things from your book, uh, Into the Wave. Um, which a few of my friends have read it and they totally love it. Is you describe the training for big wave surfing and that has stuck with me and I've I've gone back. Would, would, would you mind sharing that again? Was it the the 2, two, two or the the, the the three? How, how it's the that?
0: It's the rule. Now you're going to turn the tables on me, but yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm am sorry. I just I just love that so much. I'd love to hear it again.
0: Well, the twenty 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 rule is. Uh, if you want to ride 20-foot-plus waves, you need to be able to hold your breath for the time the sunset uh, sun takes to set or, or takes to rise, which is 2 minutes and 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should be able to, and I think most you know, big-wave riders could easily paddle 20 miles without stopping. You should be able to do that. Well, uh, And also, uh, we dive down 20 feet, grab a boulder, and then run underwater. The boulder kind of holds you down and run for 20 yards. It's very interesting to run underwater because you're getting an aerobic workout while you're holding your breath. And so from a big wave rider's point of view, you need to be following the 20-20-20 rule or don't even think about going out 20 foot plus surf. And But there's so many people on the beach, you know, they have the surfboards and they look like surfers, but we call them posers. They don't really ever paddle out when when there's real waves.
2: Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. So, 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 you've so done it, that kind of training, like you oh, yeah, dive so, down, grab the boulder, and run.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I still hold my breath every, every. You know, my prayer life is sunrise and sunset. No matter where I am, I try to get outside and have that time. And I still, uh, you know, do my breath to hold my hold my best to hold my breath. And while I'm holding my breath, I'll pray out the Jesus Prayer or the or the Hail Mary or maybe the first um, part of the of, of the Rosary. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah, so it gives you confidence when the surf is big. Like when the, when you get into a big wipeout, um, a lot of people, well, you really actually do go to your happy place. You actually need to do that. Um, you kind of well, curl up in the fetal position, and you yeah. have to rest because you're going to be held down for a long time, maybe for a minute or more, and you just have to rest so that you don't use up your oxygen by struggling because there's no sense struggling until you're released by the wave. And I know someone who goes to a... Goes to a nightclub when they're down there and <laughs> pretends like wow. they're dancing, and I know what I do is I just will start uh, saying the Our Father or something like that, and some people just start counting thousand one thousand two because they know when they get to thousand twenty they're probably going to come up. But I had a friend Archie Kalepa that was held down for close to five minutes and and still lived. The had lifeguard on Maui, but wow. but having said that, and because we're about to get to our first break, having said that, the twenty 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 rule for for uh, Christians, is uh, to spend 20 minutes at least three times a day in prayer. And if you're not doing that, you're not going to be ready for uh, the big waves when they come. You're not going to be, and we would say, I, I just challenge men flat out, if you're not spending an hour a day with the Lord, like 20 minutes in the morning, or maybe it's 40 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night or an hour at night, but if you're not spending that hour of power with God, I would say you're a poser. I know that seems kind of I know that sounds kind of in your face, but seriously, if you're a man of God, you got to be ready for battle. You have to be in the presence of God, and we have so many great tools. the liturgy, the hours, has become my discipline. And I, I just it's it's changed my life. and uh, and of course, I, my intercessory prayer, so many people use the rosary for contemplative prayer, but for me, it's my weapon of choice. When I'm interceding. But you know what, Father, you've really turned the tables on us, and we're about to come to our first break. We're talking with Father Mark Goring, surfer, skater, biker, uh, priest from uh, the Catholic Charismatic Center in Houston. Uh, What's the website for that again?
2: Uh, uh, cccgh.org.
0: Okay, we'll be right back with uh, today's adventure. Guide Father Mark going This is Bear Wozniak. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure You're Radio. You're listening
1: to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak, the boldest hour of radio in the history of the world. Be courageous and take your relationship with God to the next level. Check out our website at deepadventure.com. You can sign up for fellow adventurer Bear's weekly email. Go deeper in faith with Deep Virtue Blog. Order Bear's book, Deep in the Wave A Surfing Guide to the Soul and follow Bear as he takes you on a radical adventure through calm tides, monster waves, and the powerful presence of God. At deepadventure.com, you can journey with Bear on his travels, find out how to bring him to your parish or men's conference, and accept the challenge of an intimate relationship with God. Tackle the deepest part of yourself by signing up for our Deep Adventure Quest retreats the most radical thing you can do is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Find out more at deepadventure.com.
0: Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak with deepadventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue segment. Uh, Last week, I was in Cocoa Beach, Florida. I was tandem surfing around Sunset. On the north side of the pier, facing the launch pad at Cape Canaveral, there was a rocket that was supposed to go off, and we had a photographer that was out in the water swimming, wanting to get shots of us uh, in a tandem surfing lift with a rocket blasting off in the distance. We normally wouldn't have even paddled out. No one was crazy enough to go out that day because the waves were just victory at sea type waves, just not very rideable and difficult and challenging. So my tandem partner and I were the only ones out there, or so we thought. We had to paddle really hard just to stay in position. We kept paddling to the south as the waves. The wind and the waves were sweeping us to the north. At one point, we heard people yelling and weren't sure what it was. We were so focused on what we were doing. And we finally caught a wave and we were able to do a couple of lifts. But unbeknownst to me, the people on the pier were yelling. And our surf photographer, Tim Forrest, responded, looked up, and they were pointing. And there was a young girl who was clinging to the pylons of the pier. She was hanging on for all of her life. She had gotten out in the water. she gotten swept into the pier. She had grabbed onto one of the pilings. And, this, and the tide was coming up. Clinging to something like that that won't save you uh, is, is scary. Like you, you don't want to let go and let God. But people, there are, there are people all around us who are clinging to things that won't save them. And we need to wake up. You know, the, the, the world is crying out for help. She was clinging to that pylon with all of her life. Wake up, everybody. I should have been more alert. We should have been ready to respond and be able to rescue her. Luckily, our photographer did. There's people all around you that need to be evangelized, that need to be ministered to. So be alert and be a lifeguard. Be a life saver. This is Bear Wozniak with this week's Deep Virtue segment. Deep
1: Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com.
0: Aloha, and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, uh, Bear Wozniak. And I have with me Father Mark Goring as my co-adventure guide today. And, you know, yesterday I was actually in Texas. I didn't get to see Father Mark, but I was down in San Antonio. And if you go to the Alamo there, in the front of the building where the the, the cannons were firing against that the Alamo, you can see where a cannon just blasted against that uh the wall of the Alamo. It's still there. It's still evident. And rumor has it that there's a skate park in Houston, just a few minutes from where Father Mark is the pastor of the Catholic Charismatic Center. And if you look closely at the half pipe there, you can see a basic image implanted, embedded in the cement there from Father Mark's uh, face. <laughs> he did a huge a huge face plant uh, a, a couple of years ago but like we said luckily his 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 skateboard is okay and uh, mm-hmm. he survived but we have father Mark going with us he's he's uh, uh been a part of our, our deep adventure quest in Cocoa Beach Florida and father we're going to have a deep adventure quest in uh in Galveston or the Houston area right
2: yeah that's right our, our men's group here at the Catholic charismatic center is really excited to host uh, one of our deep adventure quests, and so it's going to be in Galveston. Galveston is the the closest place where you can get a, a little bit of surf, and Galveston is also known for its tanker surfing. They surf uh, on the wakes of the big barges, the big uh, ships uh, in, in the shipping channel, and so we hope to do that as well as a bunch of other things, uh, uh, kayaking. Uh, I have a priest. Uh, who I minister with here at the charismatic Center, He he's big into kayaking. He has close to half a dozen kayaks. So yeah, it's going to be an awesome weekend, October 2nd to October 4th. So we're hoping, uh, um, the, the many men sign up and get in on the action.
0: So any, any man can come from around the, the, the country, around the world,
2: around the world. Everyone's yeah. welcome. Yep.
0: And you know, cause we have listeners down in Brazil. We have listeners in Europe. We have listeners all over the world now. Uh, and, um, and so everybody is invited. But what is this? You get on a you get on a tanker and the tanker surfs.
2: Yeah, I haven't I haven't done it yet. But you see it on YouTube and there's you know documentaries about surfing and a lot of them highlight that Galveston is known for its tanker surfing. So that's one of the things I'm most excited about. The the. The weekend is uh, you know, I'll finally get to do some tanker surfing. I'll probably get out and, and give it a test run before the retreat, but this is this is getting me uh, organized to get out tanker surfing. But you know you know the big ships? They have a they, they, they make a big wake and you can surf that wake for a super long time you just surf and surf and surf and so that boat will take you out to where a ship's going by and and um and you surf the wake the the big wave that the the, the ship makes
0: I know every surfer in the world wants to do that you know i, I remember <laughs> i remember a long time ago there was a surf contest ha- held down i think in padre island and there was just nothing happening and then someone went and got uh i don't it wasn't it wasn't a, a tanker but a, a decent sized boat and they drove back and forth across the beach and sent up enough wake to surf a little bit. But these are bigger waves, and every surfer in the world has heard about tanker surfing. And so, if it, you know, maybe you don't want to go to a deep adventure uh, quest retreat, maybe you're not, you could care less about going deeper with God. Come to our retreat, and we'll throw you into the wake of a of a tanker, and then we'll see. <laughs> right. if you, well, then we'll see if you if you want to get closer to the Lord or not. But <laughs> you know, when you went on our deep adventure quest here, uh, we did that flyboarding.
2: Yeah, and that you, was cool.
0: Yeah, well, t- tell everyone what that was about.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I I'd see, again, I saw that on YouTube. I just you know, kind of knew about it vaguely, and then I signed up for your deep adventure quest, and one of the activities was. Uh, the, the What's it called? The flyboard? Flyboarding is what they call it. F-fly, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I guess you you have these uh, boots you wear that um, channel the jet from a sea uh through the boots so that it'll actually launch you up. It's like having jets on your feet. It's like going into the future and it'll actually lift you straight out of the water into the air just from the p- propulsion of the, the the jet of water that's shooting um, through through the boots on your feet, and it's 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 just beyond <laughs> wild, you know. And it's fun not only fun to do, but fun to watch also.
0: Well, I got to tell everybody they can watch this uh, because we did a four part uh, reality shoot as part of our last deep adventure quest, and uh, we have uh, all seven talks on the virtues, and we have two of Father Mark's talks. One was just stunning when you talked about the Blessed Sacrament, Father. Uh, you know, people were just stunned. Uh, it was such a powerful talk. And so we would invite you to go to our website, and um, you can order the DVD version of it for uh, fifty dollars. You can play it at your. There's four episodes, so you can play it at your, you know, uh, men's uh, group or youth conferences or women love it too. And we we go through the talk on the deep virtues, but one of the things we did that is so cool is because Cape Canaveral, the rocket launch, is right near, it was just a few miles away from where we were doing this, we show a a NASA rocket countdown in one side of the screen, and then we split screen it, and then we show Travis Glasby launching at the same time that the rockets launches up on this, up on this, um, (laughs) this, uh, so it's a really fun show, it shows adventures and shows some great talks. Plus, uh, the talks on the, on the reality shoot are only about six minutes long, but if you want the whole, all of the talks for the whole retreat, you can even use it for your own retreat. Uh, you can go to our website, and we have the full-length talks, too. And, of course, we would be glad to come out and do a deep adventure retreat for you. But, Father, um, one of the things I'm, I'm uh, really interested in is the, uh, the new book uh, about uh, St. Joseph. Uh, that you, it just came out, I think, in the last few months.
2: Yep. yeah I just I just released a book on st. Joseph it's called st Joseph the protector and the uh, a book release uh, party was on the solemnity of st Joseph on March 19th and um, it's it's a book that uh, highlights uh, different aspects of, of st. Joseph uh, based on Scripture people don't realize um, how much Scripture uh tells us about St. Joseph, if you you read carefully, you know, um, but also based on the tradition of the church, but highlighting especially uh, St. Joseph as protector. He was the one who protected Jesus and Mary, and Jesus and Mary were entrusted to his fatherly care and his fatherly protection. And so Part of the book is making a, an entrustment, entrusting ourselves, just like Jesus and Mary did, entrusting ourselves to St. Joseph.
0: Well, he was, he, was, uh, he was a warrior, but that came out of a, a, a life of prayer, don't you think?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. I mean, St. Joseph, he, he's known as the man of silence. There's not one word of St. Joseph's recorded in Scripture. He's completely silent in Scripture, um, and yet he he's, uh, you know, a powerful instrument of God. And in particular, um, in keeping Jesus, uh, his identity secret, we know from Scripture that Joseph uh, would have known quite well uh the mystery of Jesus, just because of his encounters with angels, his his um, uh, you know uh, being married to the Blessed Virgin Mary, see, hearing the shepherds, hearing Simeon and Anna in the uh, in the temple, knowing that Herod tried to kill uh, Jesus, so so Joseph would have been very much aware of the mystery of Christ, and he was able to protect and hide the child till the day of Jesus's manifestation, uh, but also. He was, Joseph was spiritually alert enough to protect Jesus in particular when Herod tried to kill him, you know. And so it's a, it's a reminder to, to fathers, you know, um, that, hey, our families are under attack. You know, you have to be blind as a bat not to recognize that in our culture today, the enemy is, is wreaking havoc on our young people, you know. And so fathers need to be the, the spiritual protectors Of their children and to to do that fathers need to be spiritually awake spiritually alert spiritually in tune uh to the lord so that they can protect their children from the assaults of the the enemy and not to abdicate that to the wife you know some people think oh you know my wife she's she'll take care of the spiritual stuff that's awful you know you don't want to come before the judgment seat of god and say you know i i abdicated the spiritual protection of my children to my wife uh the lord that's not going to work for the lord you know so as fathers there is a duty and a responsibility to uh to to protect but also to spiritually guide and uh teach our children
0: you know there's this perception uh, i don't even know where it comes from but there's this perception that to be spiritual is to be soft, or to be spiritual is, you know, that's for the women. Oh, my gosh, of course it's for women, and and we have women uh, that are just powerful warriors. I know in my own ministry, I have several women that when I'm going up against something, I call them and say, please pray, (laughs) and I know uh, they're going to, you know, storm the gates of heaven in intercessory prayer. But uh, men uh, are, you know, when you look at the early church, I'm just reading the story about Athanasius and what he went through, how many times he had to flee to the desert himself there in, in, in uh, North, North Africa uh, near Egypt, you know, and, and all the battles that took place. The early Christians, to be a Christian meant, hey, why don't you become a Christian and become a martyr at the same time, you know? It wasn't like the so-called prosperity gospel or anything like that. So to be a Christian really does take... A powerful man. And it doesn't say, uh, being a man of God doesn't mean, hey, uh, to your children, go to church or uh, go read your Bible. It means being, letting them see you read the Bible, letting them see you uh, read Scripture, letting them see you turn off the TV and spend some time with the family, right? It's, it's a yeah. very masculine yeah. thing to be, to, be, to be a Christian
2: yeah i mean in in the spiritual life virtue is a strength and in human life as well you know so to have the virtue of temperance to have the virtue of of chastity to have the virtue of long suffering uh that's strength and we we live in a culture um a pampered culture where a lot of our our, our men or even our young men who are supposed to be the tough guys you know Are given over to their passions. They don't have the virtue of long suffering. They're not able to be faithful to the end. You know, they're not able to deny themselves. They're not able to, you know, to to stand up to whatever peer pressure and things like that. And that's weakness. You know, Uh, and Joseph, he was a virtuous man, and as Christians, we're called to virtue.
0: And And you know, and you get weak by making one little weak decision at a time. Yeah. and you get strong by making one little powerful decision at a time. It's a it's a cumulative effect.
2: Exactly. And, and yes.
0: If you've made weak decisions and you and you're kind of adrift, you can't play catch up overnight. But the best thing to do is is to turn around and, and start in the right direction. We're talking with Father Mark Goring. Uh, who's uh, with the Catholic Charismatic Center in Houston. We're going to be doing a retreat out there October 2nd through the 4th. So go to our website, deepadventure.com, and sign up for it. Or what's your website again, Father?
2: Uh, cccgh.org
0: cccgh.org Okay, we'll be right back with Father Mark Gorin and more of Deep Adventure Radio.
1: Deep Adventure Radio, going deeper into the heart of God. All across the nation, People are
0: tuning in
1: to truth on the EWTN radio network. Even though
3: I am a Southern Baptist, I love my local Catholic radio station, and I
1: recommend it to all my friends,
3: Catholic and non-Catholic.
1: Since I joined the church a decade ago, access to Catholic radio has been a must for me and my family.
0: To have EWTN broadcasting locally, with such faith-filled and wholesome programs is a real blessing.
1: To find out more, go to EWTN.com slash radio. Back to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak, suffering in paradise for you.
0: Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak, and we have a man with us today, who I consider a friend and someone who I deeply respect uh, and look up to, Father Mark Goring, from the Catholic Charismatic Center in Houston. Aloha, Father Mark.
2: Aloha, good to be with you, Bear.
0: Hey, before we even take one more step, I want to make sure people know how to get a hold of your book and the and the title of the book.
2: Yeah, the, the the easiest way to get a hold of it is just to go to Amazon, amazon.com and um, just write, write, type in either Father Mark Goring, M-A-R-K-G-O-R-I-N-G or you can put the title of the book St. Joseph the Protector um, and it'll come up and um, you, you can that's the easiest way to purchase it.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I, I, lo- I love uh, your book on St. Joseph because one of the things that you talked about uh, we talked about is his commitment to work. and I, I want to I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to talk to our our, our our young men out there, or maybe all men and women, but in particular to the young men about manning up, stepping up and being diligent and and, and enjoying and embracing uh, the gift that God gives us in work.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, St. Joseph uh, was obviously a worker. He was a carpenter and not only St. Joseph, but the Lord Jesus himself. When Jesus began his public ministry, um, one of the things the people, the crowd said is, isn't this the carpenter? You know, calling Jesus the carpenter. And in another place, uh, the question was, isn't this the carpenter's son? And it's interesting. interesting. God the Father could have easily, you know, chosen a, a wealthy prince or king who had attendants who didn't have to work to be the, uh, the foster father of Jesus. Uh, but he didn't do that. He chose a man who, who, who was not only a worker, but, but uh, someone who, who worked uh, with his hands, an artisan, a carpenter. Um, and so it, it just reminds us of uh, the dignity of work, that as, as children of God, one of the things that we are meant to do is to work. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, after the fall of our first parents, Adam and Eve, uh, Adam and Eve were condemned to work, to, to work by the sweat of their brow. And um, what a lot of people don't understand is is any uh, punishment of God is always uh, remedial. It's, it's always a medicine and uh work in some mysterious way heals us whatever the work is if we're a whatever a banker a pharmacist a carpenter uh you know a a taxi driver you know whatever work god calls us to in some mysterious way that work will be part of our healing you know and so it's it's good to work and um, and we were we were made to work there's a dignity To work, and so again, uh, Saint Joseph, a man who would have been a very deep contemplative, would have worked in the presence of God. You know, would have would have loved God through his work. You know,
0: that's beautiful. I mean, that really is beautiful. And you think about with Saint Joseph, you know, sawing a piece of wood was not like what we do today with a skill saw. Yeah, yeah. It took patience and it took fortitude just to just you know, to drill a hole. And so um, the blessing of work, I just want to encourage the young men there. You know, St. Francis started out with small things, and God did greater things with him. There's a season in your life, young men, where you you can dream, dream big dreams, but you're going to be down in the trenches working. There's a season in your life of preparation. There's a season in your life when you got to pay your dues. you got to start out at the bottom and work your way up, and maybe that's by the education you're getting, the work that you're doing. Uh, but I want to encourage you, as you stay with that, there'll be a convergence of the desire that you have and the skills that you have will eventually come together. And then you'll be able to go into your time of mastery and really, uh, you know, produce and work in a way that you really love. But there is a time when you're getting ready to, to play football in the preseason. You know, you're, you're out there in August in the sun, just dying, you know, sweating, and being and and pushing you know heavy uh heavy equipment around and your buddies around and and working out and it doesn't seem like fun at all until you get into a game and all that hard work and preparation pays off so i want to encourage you young men i want you to really hear me i want you to work i want you to get up 20 minutes earlier than you normally do and have a time of prayer i want you to be diligent about the little things and the big things will take care of themselves Tell us a little bit more about that, Father.
2: Yeah, well, you know, in the in the Catholic tradition, work has always uh, been valued highly, but but in a way that not not the in a way different than the world might see work. Um, You know, worldly people um, might want to make work into a god you know want to uh you know ambitiously climb that whatever corporate ladder make a lot of money and maybe to the detriment of of one's family or health or things like that but in the catholic tradition work is always meant to be part of a rhythm of life and we see this modeled in the monastic life in monasteries the the monks work they, if you were to ask a monk, what's, what's, what's the life of a monk like, they would say, pray and work, ora et labora, coming from St. Benedict. But the work is never done um, anxiously. It's never done hurriedly. It's never done sloppily either. It's always done with care. It's always done prayerfully, with attention, with excellence, but also with detachment. You know, when when the bell rings to pray, you put aside your work tools and you go and pray. You're not uh, treating work as a drug, you know, to escape things, or you're treating it as, you know, a way to prove yourself. You work hard, you work well. What's interesting is in the monasteries, the the monks were known throughout the ages as as uh, getting a tremendous or accomplishing great things, building beautiful monasteries and, you know, clearing land for fields and beautiful crops. And it was always a mystery that these monks work so, uh, you could say, leisurely, and they don't work, you know, from the rising of the sun to its setting. They pray throughout the day. They have times of rest, yet they get so much done. And the reason for that is the consistency just as they are men of prayer they are unremitting in their prayer so too they are men of work unremitting in their work and so to to, to contemplate the catholic kind of view of work and its balance and and place in the rhythm of life is a beautiful thing and we believe saint joseph would have modeled that
0: And and it has and it pays uh dividends because uh fortitude day by day uh uh is fun and the yeah. results can be a real blessing. Uh, you know, there's a great organization, Opus Dei, that talks a lot about uh, the sacredness of work. And, of course, one of the works that we do is to pray. I mean, the monks uh, work and they, they pray. The liturgy of the hours. is Liturgy means the work of the people. Uh, work, uh, the, the work of prayer is also very productive. I'm so grateful, uh, Father Mark Goring. Can you tell us again where they can get your book and the name of yeah. the book on St. Yeah. Joseph?
2: go to amazon.com either write in Father Mark Goring M A R K G O R I N G or type in Saint Joseph the Protector and my little book will show up there and you can order a cop- copy on amazon.com
0: And we got one more second where can they listen to your daily YouTube's
2: Just go to just go to YouTube type in again uh, my name Father Mark Goring M A R K G O R I N G and they'll get my daily YouTube.
0: And we're going to be doing a Deep Adventure Quest retreat in uh, Houston, Galveston area, October 2nd through the 4th. Uh, go to my website, deepadventure.com, and we'll hook you up. We're inviting you all to come out and enjoy a time of going deep in the virtues and going uh, deep with the Lord and going uh, deep in the wave. Um, this is Bear Woznick, your adventure guide for Father Mark Goring. Uh, we'll be right back after this word. Aloha.
1: Deep Adventure Radio has challenged you to accept the wild adventure of God's will. Now, go even deeper with Bear's best-selling book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. In story after story, Bear takes us along as he paddles deep, surfing alongside whales and dolphins and avoiding killer sharks. Bear shares his experiences of the ocean in an intimate and exciting way. We share in his pain, healing through God, and the joy of finding that deep, intimate relationship with him. As the story unfolds, you'll see how surfing has become the metaphor for the journey toward intimacy with God. Deep in the Wave, a surfing guide to the soul, will stir your own desire to go deeper into your faith. Order it today at deepadventure.com for your own faith journey or for someone who needs to go deeper. Deep in the Wave, a surfing guide to the soul by Bear Wozniak, available at deepadventure.com. Surf's Up, real and radical ways to live your faith.
3: This is Bill Slater, the founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry at patchworkheart.org with this episode of Surf's Up on deepadventure.com. When I was about 13 years old, I still hadn't jumped off a diving board because I was scared to swim in the deep end, but I really wanted to overcome my fears and join my friends out in the deep water. So one day while I was at the YMCA, I asked my dad to tread water out in the deep end of the pool and catch me as I jumped off the diving board. My dad agreed. I remember both of us walking past the lifeguard and my dad hopped into the water to catch me. The lifeguard gave us some pretty strange looks, like, this kid is 13 and you're gonna catch him? Really? Doesn't he already know how to swim? But my dad didn't care about anything else but helping me jump off the diving board. Dismissing the disbelieving stare of the lifeguard, he instructed me to approach the end of the board and jump, assuring me that he would catch me after one brief moment of hesitation i jumped feet first into the water right into my father's ark he caught me and then he supported me as i swam to the other side of the pool we repeated this exercise as my dad slowly loosened his grip until by the end of the day he was standing on the side of the pool while i waved at him my experience of diving helps me reflect on god the father's unfailing love there are times in my spiritual life when i know I desire a deeper commitment, a deeper faith, and a deeper love of God. But I don't think I can handle the deep water. It is then that I remember that I don't face the deep alone. God's guiding hand isn't distant. It is not distance its He will, who will instruct and lead me. Despite a few strange looks from the world, I know that, that if I proceed, the reward of swimming in the deep is great. This is Bill Sider of
1: for DeepAdventures.com go deep, or go home. Deep Adventure Radio, going deeper into the heart of God.
0: Aloha, and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. And believe me, being a Christian is an adventure. If you're not experienced living life on the edge, you're probably not really walking in the fullness of the plan that God has for your life. Uh, God calls us to step out of that boat every day and follow him. Uh, we want to invite you to go to our website, deepadventure.com. Uh, get on our email list. Buy my last book. It's a best-selling book, Deep in the Wave: a Surfing Guide to the Soul. We have other things available for you there. Sign up for our Deep Adventure quest October 3rd in Houston, Texas. Uh, sign up for our email newsletter. Go to, to our archived radio shows and Click on them and share them with your friends. Uh, Invite us to come out and speak to your women's groups, your young professionals, your your youth group, your men's ministries. Uh, We love being out with the body of Christ and would love to come out and share with you. So please come to uh, deepadventure.com. And you can also go to ministries. As our fan page on Facebook, and you can like us there. Uh, You can even become my, um, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. That's Bear Wozniak. But we'd love for you to come and also donate. We need help. We need some corporate sponsors. We have some really big plans we want to do another reality show, but we need your help. So please go to our website, click on the donate button, or or the contact us and email us. And let's get creative in advancing the kingdom. This is your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. May the breath of the Holy Spirit. Aloha you. Aloha.
1: This is Deep Adventure Radio. Here, archived shows by Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. And sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon
0: yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio.